Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Lisa Logan. She is the president of Kismet Financial, LLC, which is a company that helps companies improve their operations and does venture capital and all kinds of things we'll, we'll get into in much more detail in the show. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Lisa. Hello, Jordan. Thank you for having me. Just give us a brief history of how you got to where you are today. Just kind of a brief idea. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I've uh, always been an independent business owner, and um, I uh, eventually uh, sort of worked my way into the real estate markets. And as you know, um, we had a little bit of a, a bump or two in 2008. So I took my expertise and knowledge in finance, and I converted that into working for a financial institution, a bank to be specific. And that is where I gained all of my certifications, registrations, and um, my education on uh, international and business banking. Okay, so let's kind yeah. of, yeah, let's kind of give a, a broad overview of the banking situation today that you deal in. Sure. We have this situation with um, Silicon Valley Bank going down, and then First Republic, and then Signature Bank, and then Credit Suisse. And how has right. all affected the credit situation, as from your point of view? I believe that really um, what is at fault here is a rising inflation, um, which then in turn is affecting interest rates. And I believe that uh, you know banks are having to change their their uh, you know their their way of doing business, and so al alternatively, uh, I offer um, different forms of um, capital or access to cash. Um, to start with, I just want to you know because categorically, um, this works in a number of different ways. So I'm just going to start with sure. uh, let's say capital for for example. Um, conventionally speaking, you go to the bank, you're going to have to fill out a lot of paperwork. Um, they're going to want to know the name of your firstborn child, or they're going to want you to pledge, you know, certain things. They're going to want you to, I mean, it's a very, it's a very lengthy process, number one. And, um, number two, it's, it's going to, the scrutiny is going to be, you know, at 200%. So it's, um, you know, it's gotten a little, a little more, uh, uh, uh dicey as far as that goes. So. Alternately, what I do is I provide cash that comes from um, private investment sources, uh, that comes from uh, trusts, uh, places where you know their their risk tolerance is a little bit higher, so I can get cash, you know, to a small business, uh, any business basically, um, uh, fairly quickly. So you know, if a business is expanding in some shape or form, say they have a number of uh, orders. Uh, and they want to complete those orders, so they have to buy. Uh, they have to buy supplies or materials or whatever the case may be, and they need an, uh, an extra one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Well, we can put our um, investors to work immediately. Now, this is not cheap money, by the way. Uh, you're not paying, you know, five and six percent anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's based more on points. So, rather than an amortized program, this, this is more of a point program. So you're going to be looking at an average of about 15 points based on your projected revenue stream and based on your current um, capability of, uh, you know, production. All of that would be looked at. So, but 
Um, I've been able to get money in 72 hours. Um, I've been able to get private cap capital and uh, amount of $500,000 within, you know, 72 hours. So, you know, very, very quickly, it's um, a little expensive. It's based on, you know, uh, what your um, requirements are. Uh, but, you, you know, you're, you'd be surprised at how many people um, need to, you know, just just have that money. That money is going to equate to uh, tenfold, you know, in their productivity. And, um, you know, it, it's more than, I guess, maybe you might realize. So, so you're saying that what happened with the Silicon Valley Bank and the banks that went down is going to uh, mm -hmm. credit more and make people more reliant on private capital instead of the banks because the banks are tightening up because of that. Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah, I guess you could put it in that in those terms. Sure. I mean, you know, I think banks have, um, I, I think they probably have, uh, you know, over leveraged a little bit. Uh, they, they, uh, some of them may be mismanaged, um, because when you're talking about Silicon ba uh, Valley Bank, you're talking about some of these, uh, these are a little bit smaller banks and you know that they're getting bailed out by either a bigger bank or by the government, you know, one or the other. So, um, you know, there may not be, uh, enough, uh, you know, expertise or knowledge to, to keep the bank, uh, afloat because, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase has been around for a while. I think the last time in 2008 it was Lehman Brothers, if I'm not mistaken, that um, kind of went under because of the whole, you know, subprime loan situation. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, you don't see it too often. So I believe these are smaller banks. I believe they're probably uh, fairly mismanaged, if I'm not, not overstepping here, uh, hopefully, you know. Um, well, I'm the wider, yeah. the wider impact of, I mean, Signature, uh, Silicon Valley Bank was the 16th largest bank in the country. So it was a significant size bank, over 200 billion. But mm -hmm. you're saying that the impact of that, not on the banks that went under, but other banks are going to be more cautious in granting credit to... Oh, you know, yeah, no, I totally agree with you, Jordan. Yeah, for sure. Um you know, there's no doubt about it. Obviously, you know, they see, uh, you know, um, they see that, uh, you know, there's a possibility of going down the same path, maybe, you know, um, and uh, yeah, maybe they're putting in some, some hard, no, but banks have always had a very difficult, very stringent uh, process in uh, underwriting loans. I mean, it's, 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 it's no, uh, you know, it's no, no surprise, I don't think, to anybody that, you know, we walk into a bank and you ask for a loan, you know, sometimes it could take. Now, um, as I was saying before, I mean, categorically, we're talking about, you know, certain types of loans where you can get quick money. I can also put together, um, you know, uh, loan packages for, for, you know, conventional type loans like SBAs and, you know, so on. So, you know, if you want to go down that road, uh, it's going to take a little bit longer. Some of the finance options uh, take up to three months to complete. Yeah. So it's based on whatever, you know, whatever your business requires. So let's just say, for instance, Jordan Inc., you know, you need to have people uh, in your tech support or you need to have people, you know, uh, you need more equipment, let's say, you know, in your studio 
or you're building a studio or something of that sort. You've got a big, big contract with a news network, network and, you know, you need to get money really, really quick. Well, how much do you need, Jordan? Do you need a million bucks? Okay, great. I'd need to see a performa. I need to see um, your projections. I'd need to see your business plan um, and, and all of that. And that's where the analytics comes into the into the picture. So that's but, a, uh, a big yeah. part of what you do as well. But uh, I could give you money to do that if that's if that's what you need, and I can do it fairly quickly. So let's yeah. describe what services uh, Kismet Financial offers. So say you're a business that's kind of up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know you're not running optimally. Um, what what can you do to kind of analyze the business's situation so that they can operate better? Okay, so I can't do anything about that. Um, I think uh, we might be confusing uh, a, con- a consultation on operations rather than finance. I am strictly there for you to hire me, bring me in on the analytics of your underlying assets. So those underlying assets could be a number of things. It could be uh, your FICO score. Uh, let me just start from the beginning. Let me, let me just say sure. this. Everybody has a really great idea, right? Um, if your idea can produce enough uh, interest, then we need to do a feasibility study. Um, but it's your idea. I, I can't really embellish any more on your idea. All I can do is help you fund it. And, I, and help you put together a nice presentable package uh, that will be suitable for uh, QIB or for um, investors, VCs, or you know, private equity. Um, I have myself aligned with a number of these VCs and a number of these private equities um, that take a look at these uh, packages. But I don't have expertise. You know, it, it, it would be <laughs> it would be impossible for me to know. Uh, every variable in someone's business, you know, they, they have invented their business um, and they have um, found a way to make it work in the market. They, they have they have somehow um, met the demand for a certain product or a certain idea. So so that part of it um, is strictly the uh, is strictly the business owner and the person who's uh, so what I do is I come in and I help to do a cap raise. Um, so this is where the strategic finance part of it, I, I don't know if I'm going in, in, no, you're in right. order you're right. to go, but yep. I'll, I'll go ahead and, and, and go into um, the specifics yep. a little bit. So strategic finance means that, uh, for instance, um, there is an oil and gas company. Now they've been in business for at least five, somewhere between three and five years. And typically, that's what I require. I require a three to five year, you know, um, operation in operation uh, business. And they have uh, identified a, um, a new property where they're going to do additional extraction. They have a number of uh, purchase contracts they need to meet with some refineries, and uh, they also have specific equipment that they need to build that's going to cost them, um, you know, an additional, uh, you know, amount of money on top of what they need for acquisition. So what I do is I put together the strategic finance part of it is putting together a debt and equity uh, solution, which is going to meet the uh, immediate requirement for the acquisition and then meet the immediate requirement for um, for building the specific type of machinery they need in order to do the extraction. So, so I put the debt, I put the equity together. 
that's done usually in a very uh, quick amount of time. Uh, then I put together an exit strategy. So based on whatever their revenue is, and that's why it's really important to look at, you know, what their performa, what their projections look like, because uh, investors and QIBs and, you know, they all want to be um, secure in the fact that, you know, okay, you're going to be, uh, you know, producing uh, at least double um, whatever your uh, average income is and, and revenue is today. So, so that's the, um, that's the process that I use and that's uh, what strategic finance really is. It's coming up with a, um, a package. It's coming up with um, a solution uh, for your immediate money requirements and then coming up with a solution for your exit strategy. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Lisa Logan. Uh, she is the president of Kismet Financial LLC, which helps businesses raise capital in the various ways she talked about. You can find out more about her at her email, which is steelheadequities at ymail.com. We'll be back after this. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's gonna be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is gonna be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not gonna be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Lisa Logan. She is the president of Kismet uh, Financial LLC, which helps businesses uh, finance their operations in various ways. Uh, you can find out more at her email, which is steelheadequities at ymail.com, or also she has a LinkedIn page, linkedin.com slash in slash steelhead. You can find out more about her at that as well. Welcome back to the show, Lisa. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we were kind of describing, so basically what you do 
mm-hmm. is you present a business uh, once you kind of understand it to potential investors and help them structure the best way to finance their operations with a combination of debt or equity, venture capital. Is that correct? That's basically what you're doing is presenting them to potential investors. Absolutely, Jordan. That's absolutely right. Um, Just to uh, clarify on the um, business loans, business lines of credit, uh, those are are a very good chunk of um, what I do because people sometimes need money very, very quickly because they don't want to lose out on some big opportunity. So like I said, you know, 72 hours, I was able to get $500,000 to a business that had the potential of, um, you know, making exponential profit, you know, from being able to utilize that money. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's a big, it's a big chunk of the business that I do. And um, there are people who, um, you know, I want to reach out to, to tell them that, you know, you don't necessarily have to depend on just going to the bank. Um, I can, within 24 hours, find out whether or not we can get you a loan for 150000 or, you know, 200000 or whatever you need. I've yeah. actually aligned myself with a very dependable trade line, and uh, the trade line specializes in uh, doing these um these, these small business loans, or, you know, mid-size. Um, how, do help, how do you help uh, business owners decide uh, between debt and equity? Sometimes they don't want <clears throat> debt, and sometimes they don't want to give up equity. How, how do you help them decide in their particular circumstance what the right balance is between taking on debt and equity to finance projects? Well, just to be clear, the, um, the, the business loans that I'm talking about, uh, those are just strictly debt. Yes. And they're and they're point-based debt. Um, it's it's fairly expensive, but people pay it all the time. Um, I can't tell you how many people uh, are thankful that they're able to you know get their hands on um, you know 100, 100 grand just because they didn't want to lose out on a million dollar you know agreement that they have to um, to a customer or whatever. Right. The case may be. So yeah, you know I just want to be clear that's only debt. Right. Uh, and we're talking about structured finance. I will only work with companies that have been in operation for three to five years. So I just want to be clear on that. Uh, They have to have at least some liquidity. Um, Number one, they need to be able to pay my retainer fee. Um, Number two, they're going to have to pay, uh, you know, to make sure that all of their um, necessary registrations and everything else is paid for. And those aren't really big numbers. You know, you're only talking about, you know, maybe one, two hundred dollars, you know, to make sure that everything's um, registered if they need to get it registered. Uh, but um, my uh, retainer fee is based on the amount of money that they're um, uh, in need of raising and, uh, you know, how long they've been in business, you know, three years, five years, what they're going to need if they don't already have a, 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 a deck, um, a pitch deck then uh, something's going to have to be put together with that respect. If they have a PPM, then a PPM is going to be, um, you know, a a little more um, tangible. That'll be, you know, a little more incentive for, say, a QIB or, um, you know, a VC capital, uh, um, venture capital investor. Um, So I hope I'm being a little more specific here because I don't think anybody on, um, you know, how, how this works. Now, what I'm doing 
um, when I'm doing business loans and uh, doing, you know, trade lines for uh, specific types of loans for business owners, mid-size and small businesses, um, that is a that's a totally different. I don't I don't do retainers on that. That's strictly based on um, the success fee once we get them uh, their whatever you know loan that they're they're looking to get. So so that's a different that's a different area. The strategic finance part of it, however, requires a, a lot more work and a lot more analytics and you know putting together of packages and. Um, so usually I'll be retained for about a year. Uh, Say strategic finance. That may analyzing situation and seeing if debt or equity or some combination thereof is the most optimal for their way of raising money. Is that what you mean by strategic finance? Uh, yes, that is absolutely correct. Yes. So, so what goes into the calculus of that? When does it make sense to have some give up some equity? in order to take on less debt as opposed to having only debt to, to raise money for a project? You'd be surprised. I mean, you know, um, a, a lot of these companies um, have no problem. I mean, especially if they have a, a PPM, right? They're obviously not, um, they're, they're, they're not uh, closed off to the idea of having a shareholder. So, you know, an equity position is usually uh, fairly easy for them to uh, put together, you know, based on the amount of money um, that the particular investor is willing to put in. Um, and then, you know, whether or not um, that particular investor is um, willing to negotiate a buyout within three to five years, something of that sort. Uh, so it's all um, relative, you know, to that particular uh, business owner, uh, company, I guess, um, if you want to put it that way. And so whatever the company... Um, desires and whatever they're willing to accept um, is, is you know, the direction that we go. But you'd be surprised um, how many are quite willing to do an equity position. And usually we can get them a buyout and maybe an early buyout um, if the company's doing well. So, you know, um, usually that's, that's not an issue. Now, debt, debt can be done, as I said before, um, we can we can do debt and a or, or debt or equity or a combination of both, just depending on how much money you need to raise and what you're willing to accept. And that's I just I want to put a fine point on this too, Jordan, if that's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I always put together a proposal, a plan, and I always give them an opportunity to say, okay, well, you know, I, I want to go in this direction. I want I want to go in that. I give them the opportunity to to select options. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, so you tell me once I put out your options, you tell me which options you want me to either use or combine of one or all. Uh, we can do any combination of either. Uh, you just tell me what you want to do, and this is what I can do with what you have to work with. So, in many cases, the, so, the business owner would not be uh -huh. particularly aware of what their options are, and you're helping them find out the options, correct? Yes, I, I'm here to give them the options. I give the options. And then with my relationships with the VC capital, the private equity, uh, the uh, ERISA-based uh, pension funds, the hedge funds, uh, those, those uh, companies, I, this, a lot of what I do is relationship-based as well because, you know, without 
um, all of these resources to pull together, uh, I would not be able to perform my job. Yeah. So, uh, when somebody says, oh, yeah, I can do analytics for you. Okay, then, you know, how are you going to put that plan into action? <laughs> you know? Yeah. One thing, okay, that's fine. Uh, you're, you're doing the, the, the finance, you know, analytical part of the, the, the financial requirements here for the company. But at the end of the day, how are you going to put this, how, how are you going to actually, you know, produce some results? And in order to do that, you need to have the resources. You have to have uh, at your disposal uh, any one of these hedge funds or any one of these private equity funds or any one of these uh, private trusts or, um, you know, or consortium. Uh, you know, or any combination of, of any of those options. So it's a lot you, of relationship based as well. When you're doing the analytics on, on a business, the business mm -hmm. owner who started, who's been running it for five years, you, you're still finding things about his business that he doesn't particularly understand. What are some of those things that you bring to a business owner who's been running this business, but you come to it fresh that your analytics will find that they typically don't understand? Well, a lot of times, I don't know if they don't understand necessarily, Jordan, but I think what happens is they become um, they become aware of the fact that there are other options for financing besides going to the bank and waiting for six months to get approved, you know, for a $100,000 line of credit. Um, so, you know, they find that uh, there are, what they don't know is that there are so many ways um, to raise money and may not have been aware of the fact that the exit strategy that I put together um, is a way for them to retire any of this debt. So they don't have to necessarily rely on the fact that their projected revenue is going to be spot on, right? Um, we'll have a definitive exit strategy put in place so that that debt does not encumber that company um, for the life of, of the, of the business. You know, if there's anything you don't want is to be, you know, it's almost like being buried under a, a house for 30 years on a mortgage, you know, yeah. you want to, you, you don't want that for the rest of your life. What are some of the exit strategies you're talking about selling the business or refinancing the debt or what are some of the exit strategies you could bring to them? Well, um, a lot of that information is proprietary, so I don't necessarily um, give that out, but um, there, there are various uh, uh, ways that uh, I can structure, um, I can create. So there's companies like Merrill Lynch, like Cantor Fitzgerald, like Goldman Sachs, like you know some of these other um, uh, firms that we can put together uh, what I call a desk, we can put together a uh, plan where uh, a, a portion of the money is put aside into a sinking fund. And that sinking fund, this is just an example. I mean, I'm not, yeah. the stuff is proprietary, so I really don't, I, I'm not yeah. at, this is sort of like an example, okay? Yeah. And two is we create a sinking fund, and that sinking fund at some point uh, because usually um, we'll carry debt for about three to five years, and then that that sinking fund will be there to uh, to um, retire you out of that debt. I see. I see. So mm -hmm. there's just a lot of different innovative strategies that a business owner would probably not be aware of that you're bringing to the party. 
Yes, yes, a business owner. It typically, um, these companies are fairly large companies. You know, like I said, the oil and gas company is fairly large. Um, there are other. I can't. I can't mention actual names, but okay. <laughs> you know, um, the, there's there's other manufacturers. A lot of them, uh, you know, in the uh, biodiesel uh, or um, additive uh, businesses. Yes. So you know what I mean. So these are these are not small or even maybe midsize. I mean, they're fairly large companies. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and and it really covers the spectrum um, in in technology, in uh, real estate, and commercial real estate, and you know commodities based uh, companies. It could be, you know, say even like a, a mining industry, um, that type of thing. Uh, resort, uh, resorts and retail, that type of thing. Lots um, of really cover spectrum yeah okay. all right we do have to take a break uh, this is jordan okay. Goodman of the money answer show my guest this hour is lisa logan she's the president of kismet financial llc which helps businesses raise money in various ways that she's been describing you can find out more at her website well actually her linkedin page linkedin.com slash in slash steelhead or her email steelhead equities at ymail.com We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Lisa Logan. She is the president of Kismet Financial LLC, which helps people uh, helps businesses raise money in various ways. You can find out more at her email, 
steelheadequities at ymail.com. Welcome back to the show, Lisa. Hello, hello. So one area that you uh, deal in is venture capital. So when is it ideal for a small business to take on money from venture capitalists? Uh, because they tend to take a lot of equity and be quite demanding, but there are times it makes sense. When does it make sense to uh, take in venture capital? Sounds like you've been down that road, Jordan. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sounds like you're, you're, you're pretty familiar. Yeah, no, um, so venture capital is usually, so a lot of people come up with um, various ideas that uh, are usually, um, usually ideas that are non-tangible ideas, right? They're intellectual property. And, you know, for example, I have uh, a business I'm working with now. He's got a really great, and his contracts are huge. You know, he's working with uh, multiple um, colleges. He has a proprietary mechanism to, he has an algorithm. And the algorithm is able to predict who the best athletes are. And in this particular scenario, a VC capital uh, uh, investor would be the best option because he's not really worried about, well, how much equity are they going to take and, you know, how, how uh, uh, involved are they going to be? And, you know, he's not really worried about that. What he's worried about is because of the type of product that he has, he's worried about being able to stay in business and be able to. Uh, you know, produce for his clients, for his customers. So um, that particular scenario, that's why I said, I mean, you know, when I'm talking about uh, types of businesses that would require my particular type of service, it really covers the spectrum. I mean, you're talking about, you know, uh, AI, you're talking about, you know, uh, certain products in the, in, the, in the technology world, something like this, that's a, that's a, um, a specific type of you know, algorithm, you know, I mean, you can't hold an algorithm in your hand, right? You've something you have to show someone and, you know, sell it. Yes. That's an appropriate uh, time for, when is it not appropriate to take on venture capital? Um, I don't know that it, it, it is appropriate or, or unappropriate. I'm, I'm just saying that this particular fellow uh, definitely would be looked at, would not be looked at by any of the other means of cap raise. Yeah. So his only option, um, VC can be used in any scenario, really, uh, wherever anybody is willing to accept their terms. Yeah, but because he doesn't have upcoming cash flow and all that, he's not going to be able to raise debt and so on. It, it's, it's an idea He's got a venture capitalist has to believe in us. That's what you're saying. That's exactly right. Yeah. But he's got a really great uh, pitch deck. He's got, you know, some really great uh, uh, supporters, promoters. Uh, he's got uh, a PPM that's ready to go. PPM is a private placement memorandum. Private placement memorandum can sell shares for as much as you think that um, your projections are going to uh, be able to produce, you know, in a certain number of years. Um, it's it's all relative to the to the company, but you know he's got the PPM, and uh, so that kind of um, it, it brings him up a level or two. And uh, you know there are VCs that specifically look at startups. There are VCs that will say, okay, startups are great, but we'll also look at mining companies or whatever. You know, so so you've got that. But um, uh, to answer your question, Jordan, I mean, there, there, there really isn't, 
uh, it, it's whoever is willing to accept the terms of the VC capital agreement. That's right. basically that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Another thing you work on is called SPVs of special purpose vehicles. Maybe describe what that is and when that's an appropriate way to raise capital for a business. So the, the, the special purpose vehicle uh, is used particularly within my scope of work, um, specifically for uh, putting together a sinking fund, uh, putting together the alternate um, uh, debt, ret debt retirement plan uh, that I had suggested earlier. So that's, but a special purpose vehicle is just simply, um, it's an agreement with yourself and who, what other, whatever other managing member to do a specific thing. That, that, that's all it is. It's not, you know, anything too technical. But it can be structured in different ways depending on the circumstance that's appropriate. Yeah, it's, it's structured just exactly the way, you know, you, you can put, actually, uh, in this particular case, we put together an operating agreement. Uh, we we put together the um, corporate resolutions and everything is eyes are dotted uh, and usually done through an attorney so that uh, there are no there there's no you know um, misunderstanding or issues that may arise you know uh, as we go down the road. Yeah, another area you work in in the real estate area is real estate investment trusts. What is it appropriate? Because REITs do much more than traditional real estate these days. They do all kinds of other things, when is it appropriate uh, to put a REIT together? Um, put a REIT together. Well, um, there are a number of existing REITs that I actually work with. And um, those REITs um, either are focused or a combination of both, of commercial and residential. I specifically only um, operate in commercial uh, real estate. So... Um, usually, the types of uh, uh, the, the types of projects that we're looking at are development projects, construction projects. Um, we looked at uh, particularly a couple of hotel and resorts in Las Vegas, and uh, so when we talk about applying a REIT, um, it's only specifically for those types of um, development and construction projects. So, you know, if anybody has uh, that type of project, then, you know, we can certainly take a look at how to structure uh, a strategic finance plan. So since you're so familiar with commercial real estate, there's so much tumult these days and so much concern that the value of commercial real estate is going to be down, particularly offices, because so, you know, the hybrid model and people are going back to work as they used to. Are you concerned about the future of the value of commercial real estate based on what's going on these days? Well, you know, Elon Musk um, did have a point on the office buildings when he was uh, in an interview recently and was talking about the fact that, you know, a lot of these office buildings are, as a matter of fact, I, I know some investors that actually own the office buildings themselves. They're actually friends of mine that, uh, you know, occasionally will tell me what's going on and you know, they're, they're just complaining, you know, that, oh, my gosh, I mean, you know, my my uh, uh, vacancy rate is so high and, you know, I'm just I'm just not making enough. I think I'm going to just do a fire sale, you know. <laughs> and yeah. So uh, so that is going on. Uh, but that's only specifically when you're talking about these types of buildings that when you go, you know, for me um, and I and I do travel. I just been to Alaska and uh, just been through Seattle. Um, you know, they're. 
there are multiple strips of, um, you know, retail that are booming. So I think it really just depends on what you identify as a commercial investment property. If you're talking about an office building, I agree with Elon. I mean, I, I think that a lot of more people are staying at home working and, you know, probably really don't need office space as often as I mean, you know, long term structural change. It's not just because of COVID, which is over. That's mm -hmm. a long term uh, development is what you're saying. Yes, it seems to have affected the trajectory of our office space utilization um, from COVID, you know, just on down to, you know, uh, however, however long that uh, this would last. According to Elon, he thinks it's a permanent thing. So, yeah. I mean, what people are worried about is that the particularly small and mid-sized banks have made a huge, you know, tens of billions, hundreds of billions of dollars in loans to these commercial real estate properties, particularly offices. Mm -hmm. and, they're gonna have, and these loans are going to be coming up for refinancing or uh, liquidation and People, the borrowers aren't going to be able to do it, and these buildings are going to be given back to these banks, and we can have another possible crisis. default. Yeah, but see, you know, there's always there's always repositioning. Um, I know a number of investors that right now are buying a number of flag hotels. I'm not at liberty to tell you which ones, unfortunately, yeah. but uh, they're buying a number of uh, flag hotels, and they're going to re reposition them so that they are going to be at maximum um, operation and generation of revenue. So, you know, you can do that with these buildings. They don't necessarily have to be, you know, office space. They can be a conversion to, you know, some other type of company or business. Yeah. I mean, I was talking about the, 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 the banks particularly. That <clears throat> yeah. Uh -huh. If there are defaults, that these buildings will be handed back to the banks who don't particularly want to run these buildings. And it could cause impairment and tighten credit even further. We talked earlier about how credit is tighter, but yeah, that, for that could be, I mean, do you think that's, that's about to happen? Um, I think that um, it, it, it's happening all the time. Um, I, I, you know, what you're saying seems to me sounds like more like a, a apocalyptic type thing, you know, <laughs> we're going to have this sudden uh, glutton of, uh, of, of, real, of um, office buildings. I don't yeah. think worried about it, to be honest with you, because they're going to do what they always do. You know, they put together a perform a performing or not performing package. They put it out on the REO list. Somebody comes and buys it up and then, you know, turns it into some other type of, you know, and the banks are always working with these types of consumers. I've seen it with my own eyes. You know, they say, okay, so you're going to reposition this and what, what are you, you know, what are you doing? What's it going to look like? How much money? They end up making money off of that particular deal. So I don't feel too sorry for the banks. Um, and I know it's probably not the point you're making, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's not unfamiliar territory. I, I think that they're doing it all the time. I think it's just going to be another one of those situations where they're going to say, okay, you know, how can I make money off of this deal? You know, find somebody who's going to, you know, do what they do and are good at it and, um, and then, you know, make a deal and make money. That's yeah. what they always do. I mean, some are saying it could be another savings and loan type crisis where that was residential real estate that went down, but... You know, it brought a lot of the SNLs and had to be bailed out to the tune of $500 billion or so at the time. Well, we can uh, get further into it, I guess, after this one minute. Uh, okay, we one minute. very good. We're going to take another break. Yes. Okay, very good. So this, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Lisa Logan. She is the president of Kismet Financial LLC, 
which, as you can see, helps uh, businesses raise capital, whether it be through debt or equity or venture capital or special purpose vehicles. You can find out more at her email, which is steelheadequities at ymail.com, or you can also see her at her LinkedIn page, which is linkedin.com slash in slash steelhead. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Lisa Logan. She is the president of Kismet Financial LLC, which helps businesses raise capital in various ways. You can find out more at her email, Steelhead equities at ymail.com. Welcome back to the show, Lisa. Thank you, Jordan. So one area you work in a lot is technology. How do you judge technology uh, companies that are worth investing in and saving? Because it's so, so fast moving all the time, particularly with the whole growth of artificial intelligence. Kind of how do you uh, assess technology companies? Well, I'm glad that you asked that question. Um, when I get an inquiry with a technology company, um, the first thing I want to do is discuss um, whether or not they've had a feasibility study. Um, that you got it. That's why I said. I mean, you have to have liquidity, some liquidity, to be able to. And I can help out with that. You know, if you're just now starting this new technological product, whatever whatever it may be, um, that's great. But you need to be able to have the liquidity to pay for these types of things. Otherwise, it's very, very difficult to get anybody to take a look at new uh, technological, you know, prospects. It's just a little, I think, um, has been, you know, maybe overly uh, saturated in the market, I guess, mm -hmm. is to put it, because, you know, we had the whole... Um, you know, the whole uh, Simi Valley or whatever, you know, the, 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 the big tech, uh, you know, app underwriters and, 
and you know whoever else uh, inventing all kinds of different uh, programming you know to do different things and and so it might have been a little overly saturated so they so so when we're talking about bringing somebody to the table to do an investment of, of into technology really have to be um you know ha- have some some type of feasibility study make sure that it's a viable investment and so how that- is artificial intelligence going to affect because you think it's People think it's going to be disruptive. I mean, the big boys, Google and Microsoft and Amazon, all you know have it. But people think it might allow smaller people to, to do things they couldn't do in the past. How is AI going to affect the whole technology landscape? I am not a uh, highly knowledgeable person in technology, but um, AI seems to be becoming very popular. And I don't think that there is any... Uh, way of preventing it from happening. So I guess the best thing to do is to be involved and, uh, you know, be educated about what kind of AI is out there. I mean, we already have AI on our phones, right? Right. AI with your um, voice mechanism. Right. 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 So so there's no way of, uh, you know, uh, getting away from it. Um, However, there are uh, they they are advancing quickly, and I think that um, you know we want to be real, real specific and careful about which types of AI we want to start investing any money into. Yeah, and I think on behalf of you know venture capital and uh, private equity and that type of thing. A big so, part of what you do is due diligence on these companies before you bring them to investors, whether they be debt or equity or venture capital. What kind of due diligence do you do? And, you know, if somebody working with you, what kind of uh, expectations should they have about the due diligence you're doing on them? Well, thank you for asking, Jordan. Yes, it's very important that we do some due diligence um, because we can't just take your word for it, right? Um, you say that you're, you know, a broadcaster and that you have, you know, a number of different listeners and da da I'm just going by what you're telling me, right? Yeah. So it's really important that we uh, check and double check that whatever it is that your uh, company is producing or your, you know, um, your, um, uh, you know, projections and your uh, P&Ls and everything else has been looked at, reviewed and verified by a professional, like say a CPA or an attorney or something like that. So um, due diligence is an absolute necessity. I just wanted to make sure that everybody was aware and uh, if they call me or they email me, you know, this is something that is absolutely necessary and it is part of the process. So, um, yes. So I mean, you, you know, find that the, the, the original plans that you see, projections okay. and so on, are unrealistic and over-optimistic and you have to kind of bring them back to earth? Is that a typical way that uh, the due diligence goes? Um. Yes, yes. I, I am not the final determiner of that, by the way. Um, there are certain companies, and this is another reason why I say that liquidity is absolutely necessary. Uh, you have companies like um, PricewaterhouseCooper, and you have companies like Deloitte & Touche. Uh, these are auditing companies, and what they do is they confirm and verify that the uh, P&Ls or the um, uh, projections and all of that um, are exactly uh, the way you have presented them. So 
Uh, I am not a CPA, and I am not a PricewaterhouseCooper employee either. Uh, I'm neither an attorney, so I, you know, I can't, uh, I wouldn't be able to tell you that, wow, these numbers look inflated or exaggerated or, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, your numbers are your numbers, and once they're confirmed and verified by a professional, then, and that, that's why in my, in uh, my non-public website, I state that, um, you know, these services are provided by those professionals, by a CPA or, you know, an auditing company or, you know, whatever the case may be. So those, it's going to cost um, some money and I can help out. If you don't have that startup money, um, we can see what you can qualify for. If you have a decent credit score or your partner has a decent credit score, then, you know, we could start with that or, you know, um, you may have other collateral. So, you know, there, there's, there's no reason why you should give up on your dream. I had just seen uh, just a little tidbit of um, nuance here. <laughs> Jordan, yep. if you can. Yep. Yep. Um, I just went to go see David Copperfield, and uh, he talked about a dream that he made a reality. And he, and he talks about how, as a boy, you know, he was kind of uh, uh, deterred from his little, you know, magic endeavor that he wanted to do but he pursued it and uh he made his dream a reality yes uh, so he really impresses that upon his audience and if you have a dream you know we don't want your dream to die we want to fan the flames and help you become successful so in the roughly two minutes we have left why don't you kind of sum up the difference it can make for a company to work with you to get financing as opposed to trying to do it on their own um, yes. Well, again, a lot of what I do is relationship-based. So, um, you know, if you don't have a readily available at your fingertips, um, you know, a VC capital or a, a private equity or a hedge fund money or ERISA-based pension fund money or any of those things, then that's where I can help navigate. Um, and my strong suit, I specialize in structured finance. I put together an option package and I let you go through the option package and figure out which is going to be best for you, what kind of combination you want to use. And typically I'm retained for about a year. Yeah. And you have a good success rate. Once you've taken on a client and done the due diligence, you end up getting them financed for the most part. Is that correct? For the most part, yes. And so yeah. you find that the due diligence that you do along with the partners, if, if the due diligence is done well, that's mm -hmm. the success. What they promise, in fact, happens when it's checked by a third party. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, we don't want to mislead anybody. I don't want to say, yes, absolutely. You know, this is, I usually have a conversation and I usually ask a lot of questions. Um, I ask for, you know, some evidence of what they're talking about before I get involved in actually doing the cap raise portion of, uh, you know, our relationship, because, you know, I, I can just tell people right away, I'm sorry, I, I can't help you. You know, yep. this is not going to work. I, not that I, I don't want to, I just, you know, it, you can't it's not my Very good. Yeah. Well, thanks very much. My guest this hour has been Lisa Logan. She's the president of Kismet Financial LLC. Uh, she can help businesses raise money in all kinds of different ways we talked about during the hour. You can find out more at her email, which is steelheadequities at ymail.com. 
You can also look her up on LinkedIn uh, at linkedin.com uh, slash IN slash steelhead. Thanks so much for being on The Money Answer Show, Lisa. We really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me, Jordan. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.